Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we run in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Jason Mintz, a fellow who runs out of Syracuse, provides us a brief glimpse into the front of the pack. He shares his highly scientific process for setting goals and running fast. He also gives us some tips on pre-race nutrition and choosing races. Actually, it was quite refreshing to find that none of it is really all that scientific. He thinks up something and goes for it. Jason has a blog, and in a rare occurrence in the run blogging world, he actually maintains it and adds content frequently. You'll hear us refer to his blog numerous times during this episode, so... Maybe you want to go check it out. It's at www.mustlovejogs.com. You can find a link to it in the show notes, too, if you're, you know, careening down the road right now and don't want to stop to browse the web. The show notes are at www.runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash podcast slash 026. And with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, Friends, and yes, even feelings of Rochester, New York runners. You seem to sort of bounce in and out of Rochester, even though you're in Syracuse. Um, so you have you have a connection to Rochester? I don't really, actually. I, uh, you know, there's actually not that many ultras in Syracuse. I mean, it's pretty limited, like right here ultras or trail races just anything um so i so i go to roch so i would say like my hot spots that i hit up are rochester um ithaca where there's obviously a pretty good um good bunch of trail races down there and then my folks live outside of albany so i actually um go stay with them periodically and there's a pretty good set of trail races in western massachusetts um, so I actually run a, run a few races there too, um, and th- those are actually pretty awesome. I mean, they have some um, kind of in like the Berkshires there. They've got some terrain that's a little bit more, um, I wouldn't say mountainous, but for us East Coasters, it's a little more mountainous than than what we've got at least around here in Syracuse. So that's pretty cool. Right, and and in Syracuse, you happen to be in sort of a little bit of a flat area, but you got the Dax sort of right there, right? That's true. Yeah, that's true. That that is pretty close for sure. I, I mean, within you know, you can hit up some of those within like an I think like an hour drive or so. So that's true. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And so you've been looking at some of the stuff on your blog. I mean, you have your serious race results sort of listed starting in twenty fourteen. Um, yeah. So is that is that about the time you started getting pretty competitive and decided to start keeping track of this stuff? Pretty much, yeah. I ran my first ultra I ran in 2013 and it was pretty much on a whim. Um my my daughter had been born. She was about I think maybe 6 months, 7 months old at that point. And I was like, you know, there's there was one uh local ultra and it was on a course I knew and it was pretty flat and stuff. And I just hadn't been training a whole lot that year um, with a baby. <laughs> and uh, I decided, um, you know, I really wasn't in the shape to do like a road marathon or something like that. I think that they just take so much, uh, 
kind of like precision. I think, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I get exact. I just ran one and I know exactly what you mean. Right. Se- like I, seconds I don't feel like you can just kind of like, you know, joke around and go show up at the start line. I think, I think you're in for a lot of pain if you do that. <laughs> yes. Um, but I figured a trail race, even though it was longer than a marathon, I, I just kind of had a feeling that, you know, this would be manageable. Um, and, and I, I did a 50 K and it went really well, actually. Um, so that was kind of the beginning of it. Uh, it was actually funny. I, I just jotted down a note that I was going to mention to you, uh, a funny story from my first 50 K was, I, I didn't really know a whole lot about, um, ultras. I didn't really know much about them at all. And, uh, my trail racing experience was, was, um, pretty remote. It was pretty much, you know, doing like cross country in high school and stuff like that. And so I, I did this first, um, 50k and first like there was this guy there who was who was quite fast a bit faster than me and he kind of like took off at the start and I said to to one of the other um guys who was back with me I was like wow that seems really really fast to start you know running 50 kilometers and then I got to the first aid station which was like a couple miles in and I just like stopped and I'd read about how these races were like so chill and stuff and everyone's just kind of like hanging out and I just like stopped and pulled up and was like chatting with people and, and, you know, grabbing some food and stuff. And this was only like three miles into the race. But I thought that <laughs> this is just kind of like how these things roll or whatever. But meanwhile, like half a dozen people like ran right by me. <laughs> and I, I kind of realized at that point that they were still, you know, races. And, uh, you know, I, I managed to kind of recover and pick up the pace a little bit and had a pretty good day there. So that was cool. Nobody else sat down to have a picnic with you? No, nobody. You know, apparently the three-mile mark, I was, um, you know, showing that I was a rookie. <laughs> uh, I think maybe people save that for the later aid stations, I guess. <laughs> that sort of happened at um, at Twisted Branch this, this past summer. We uh, all ran downhill out of Ontario County Park, and mm-hmm. the first aid station is right there at the bottom. Right. And pretty much everybody just ran right, right through it, you know? And I, I felt so bad cause there were like volunteers ready to help everybody out, but right, right. you, you just get down to the bottom of the hill and you're ready to keep going. <laughs> right. Exactly. I actually, I had to repeat a little bit of that at uh Cayuga trails this most recent year. Uh, the first aid station's about three miles in and I had planned on, uh, the, the year before I'd done Cayuga trails and I ended up being, I think a little bit um, dehydrated by the end. So this year I plan to stop at every aid station and you know, I was running up pretty close to the the front, not not really right at the front, but pretty, pretty far up there. And uh, I was the only person <laughs> to stop at the first aid station. I kind of felt a little, uh, you know, I, I stuck to the game plan though, but well, everyone else kind of ran right by there. That's what they say, run your own race, right? Yep, like- I think you have to, especially, I mean, in all races, but I think especially in ultras because they become really so individual. Yeah. I think you really have to do your own thing. And and you stopped at that first aid station. You still managed um, a sub eight at at the last year's Cayuga, and that's I kind did. of a sub sub eight like seven seven fifty eight. That is, I mean, that there's a okay. You ran fast, but sub eight seems to be sort of a dividing line, isn't it? Like sub eight puts you. It, in uh, in the very top percentage of finishers all time at that race, doesn't it? It it felt that way. You know, it felt there there was a pretty good um, gap behind me. I think it went back almost fifteen minutes to the next finisher, and it felt like I was kind of 
hanging on the and and there was a bunch of people right in front of me. I think there was at least I don't know four guys, maybe even a five, four or five guys within like ten minutes in front of me. Um, so there was kind of a group in front of me and no one behind me um, for a little bit there. So I kind of felt like I was hanging on to the tail end of like the uh, you know kind right. of the faster group there. Right, you're in the you're in the the. Uh... The, what is it in the races? The Peloton in the yes, Tour de France. Exactly. I, I was about to fall off the back of the Peloton. But I, <laughs> I was there, um, but so, yeah, I, I, that was actually that was a pretty good, pretty good race for me last year. It wasn't really even like um, an A race going into it, but it probably ended up being like one of my best races of the year. So I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, and I, and I want to talk about that because we you just said you started off kind of questioning your strategy a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I didn't actually ask. Uh, what was your first fifty k? So my first fifty k was the Green Lakes uh, Endurance Runs, which yep. is in Syracuse. They have a fifty k and a hundred k. Yeah. And that was my first fifty k, and, and it was actually also my first hundred k. Um, I kind of had my eye on Twisted Branch because uh, it it came out as a pretty you know as a new race and it had a pretty nice website and stuff and i you know i was familiar with some of the trail and i i knew the area generally where the race ran um but i don't think i felt quite up for the challenge of it last year just to be completely honest uh i knew it was going to be hard (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i i I opted to go with the 100k at green lakes last year uh, knowing that it was quite a bit of an easier course um, but yeah, you know, there, there are a lot of good, good choices for races just within, you know, an hour drive of here, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. We do seem to be, we either were extremely spoiled or we're sort of living in a, in a golden age of ultras. Cause I think you can pick any distance, any terrain, any time of year right about now. Mm-hmm. You want a you want a flat fifty k you know in the spring. You want a a hilly fifty k. I mean, they're just they're they're all around. It's pretty cool. It is. It is very cool. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Although the one thing we still can't find is any real ten k's around here, which is (laughs) I'm I'm fine with that. But (laughs) um, so so we sort of talk um you know current day a little bit, but I'm curious. You you said you did this um. You did your first ultra sort of on a whim, but, um, what, what brought you to that, to that point? Were you just like a recreational runner and found out you were fast? Good question. Uh, I was, I was a, uh, sprinter in high school. I was, I was pretty good, like 400 meters and I did 800 meters. Uh, so, so I was, um, primarily track. Uh, although I did run cross country, but I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, very good at it. <laughs> I was okay. Um, I'm, I'm probably a bit faster now than I was in high school. Uh, so I'm going in the right direction, I guess. Right. right. Uh, but I, I did track and I was pretty good at it. on track. I, I, I would not be as fast today as I was then, which is a little disappointing, but, uh, so I did that and I just, I, you know, I really didn't run through a whole lot through most of my twenties. I'm 36 now. Uh, so I didn't run through most of my 20s. I kind of, you know, I would do a little here and there and run the local 5Ks and kind of thing like that. Um, but I certainly wasn't running, you know, high mileage or doing like super competitive races. Uh, and then at one point, I think I was probably maybe in my late 20s, uh, 
I had a buddy I was in school with, and we decided we were going to go and try and get some Boston qualifiers and run the marathon there. And and we did that. We we got qualifiers and uh, went to Boston. Just just like that, you just decided. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. Well, I think it took a couple of tries, actually. I think it took me, um, you know, I think my first, I'd run a marathon in in college with through like one of like the team and training programs, things like that. But then it was was several years and that was kind of just done recreationally. Uh, But then several years after that, I was like, yeah, you know, I think I could probably run a pretty decent marathon. And I tried and, you know, it it wasn't really where I thought it would be. Um, pretty much walked like the last six miles or so and, and I tried it again and, you know, I think I walked about six miles again and I was kind of starting to think I wasn't cut out for that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, at, at one point, you know, I kept trying, I don't know I was just glutton for punishment. Um, and, and one of them, like one of them just hit and I was able to run through it and, uh, I think I ran, 255 so it was like a big pr and went under three hours and um and at the point when i ran 255 which i felt pretty good about in and of itself but i also realized at that point that i thought i could run quite a bit faster um which was kind of encouraging going forward uh so that was probably i think i was in maybe my like later 20s by then and um you know, I, I really was just focusing on like one or two road marathons a year because I, I just didn't even know this trail stuff was out there, to be completely honest. So we'd gone, um, I went with that friend to Boston and we did Boston. And, you know, then I decided I kind of wanted to a few years later try and do New York. And at the time when I ran the New York marathon, I, I actually had set my PR there. I'd knocked a bunch of minutes off again. So I, that was kind of cool. Um New York is probably my favorite road marathon um, still, and I'd like to go back and do it again sometime. I just thought it was just uh, – I'll actually I, – I know I'll probably get, like, uh, haters out there for this, but I actually preferred New York to Boston by quite a bit. So I don't know. that I'm sure it's personal <laughs> preference, but I know for a lot of the, the roadie marathoners out there, you know, Boston is the ultimate goal. But I'd, I'd tell them to, you know, if you don't get into Boston, take a look at New York. So – well, and you know, you could always tell them that New York's uh, guaranteed qualifiers are much more strict than Boston's. That's right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. No, that's true too. I mean, it is. I think they've gotten quite low now. There, yeah, I think they're they're like two forty. You know, yeah, guaranteed. I think, right. I think you're right. I think it is right. It's either two forty or two forty five, something like that. Yeah, it's pretty definitely fast. Um, yeah. So I, yeah. So I was on the roads, and then. Uh, and and actually, New York. I think I I ran a like two forty eight in in New York, and that was the last road marathon I'd done when I started kind of shifting over to the trails a little bit. So that was uh it was pretty cool. And then you know once I kind of started racing on the trails and realized that there were actually races out there, it was uh it's, it's been hard to go back to the roads. I've gone back for one one road marathon in the last few years, but that's it. And so your motivation during that time for, for running, for grinding out these 16 to 20 week training, um, periods to get up to a road marathon, mm-hmm. um, was that purely to, you know, you were hitting good times and you thought you could be faster and your motivation was really dropping that time? It was, yeah, it definitely was. And I still want to do, 
I, I still want to drop it one more time, honestly. I'd kind of when I ran uh when I'd run that two fifty five, which was pretty much like a breakthrough for me at the time, I remember thinking to myself that I could run under two forty and I haven't done it yet, but I also haven't run one in a few years. And I kind of had like two forty I don't know, sticks out in my mind, something pretty close to six minute miles. I would like to take a shot at, but yeah, it, it was pretty much just like making up like arbitrary time goals and going for it. So oh, that, um, you know, that's if, if you gotta, if you gotta find something to motivate you on the road, you know, <laughs> exactly. Might as well be getting it done as soon as possible. <laughs> I, exactly. I think that's true. It was actually one of the reasons I ended up shifting kind of the trails too, though, is I felt like, uh, those hard training blocks for road marathons, I just felt like I was always either like getting hurt or just like hurting more than, I don't know, more than it seemed like it was worth it, honestly. Just, you know, it was always just knees or like shins or just, it was just always something felt like it was kind of nagging. Um, and I, you know, I just got kind of sick of that. And, you know, I, once I started running on the trails and racing on the trails, I realized that I just wasn't getting hurt all the time or it just didn't hurt as much um, or, or didn't hurt the same at least. Um, and I kind of, uh, kind of preferred it. I, I don't know. The, those road marathon blocks were just like really, uh, really wore me down, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can, I mean, you can put on a, a thousand miles on the road training for a road marathon, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you you switch the trails and you find out, hey, I'm, I'm pretty fast here. <laughs> and um, I noticed on your website you start uh, you started setting goals for yourself. And um, your goals page was was this sort of like built live? So you said in 2014, here are my goals for this year, and you dropped these two, four, six ish goals on your website and just ran at them. Exactly. I just kind of like sat down and made them up just, you know, <laughs> I don't know, flipping through magazines and looking at like past times from races and, and kind of trying to figure out where I would be maybe um, on a certain course or something like that. And uh, yeah, just just kind of pulled them out of thin air. And I think, I, you know, I can't remember exactly what they were for that year, but some of them I've, you know, done okay with and some of them I've missed by like, a ton. I remember thinking um, it was last year, actually. I thought I could run that 100K on that, you know, a bit easier course, but I thought I could run it somewhere around eight hours and I missed it by like over an hour. So it was kind of one of those things that, you know, on trails, it's kind of an imperfect science. So you uh, you do the best you can with it, I guess. Right. And so one of them was um, win the Menden 50K. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That was, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, so that was, that was one of my two career DNFs <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> what happened was, uh, I actually, I was, I was sick for that race. My, my daughter had gotten sick like a couple days, uh, maybe about a week before the race. And, and as you know, you know, with kids, once your kids get sick, it seems like it's almost inevitable that, you get sick a short time after. And uh, I'd gotten sick maybe like a, a day or two before Menden. And I kind of, you know, I, I don't know. It, it was it was like maybe a mild case of the flu or something. But I, I kind of felt like I could still run it. And uh, I definitely gave it my best try. Um, but I dropped it like, maybe like 22 miles or something like that. And... 
you know, I, I was running okay. I wasn't running at the front. I think I was running in maybe like third or fourth place, something like that. And uh, when it fell apart, it just fell apart like nothing I'd ever <laughs> experienced before. And uh, but to the point, it was actually a really cold, rainy day. It was a pretty miserable day. And uh, I really kind of put myself in a, in a bad place there and just kind of crawled back to my car and hung my head a little bit. So that, that had been my first ever DNF at the time. So I was pretty, uh, I don't know, disappointed with that. But I would, I would definitely like to go back to Mended at some point, though. That's very much my kind of course. I, I really enjoyed that course. I just, I just ran the 10K loop today, and, and nice. I, I just set a my PR for a 10K loop, so I was pretty excited awesome. about it. That's great. Um, that day that you were um, the that same weekend, 2014 Mendon Ponds was the weekend I ran New York City Marathon. Oh, great! Yeah. So last year, uh, 2014, and it was. 35 degrees at the start mm-hmm. with 25 mile an hour winds mm-hmm. standing on the Verrazano narrowest bridge, like <laughs> wondering if your bib is going to blow off into the, <laughs> into the river. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that year. Sure. I remember that. Oh, that was, uh, yeah. New York's had a few interesting weather years in a row. So yeah, yeah it was, it was really windy and I just kept thinking, yep, this is Menden weekend. It figures. <laughs> did, yeah. did you enjoy the New York marathon? I I've, I enjoyed um, from the time the gun went off until I crossed the finish line. Uh, I did not enjoy the commute to the start line, um, mm-hmm. sure. but that was that was tolerable. I understand they got to move, you know, forty thousand people onto the island. I get that, sure. um, and I didn't enjoy the walk out of Central Park after you finish. Right, right. the five k shuffle, yes. the the bonus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a very uh, they they. I think they need to do something about that. You know, that's the one takeaway it seems like everybody has after that race is that that kind of walk after the finish is just, it's just too much. Yeah. And where you got like the little pods where you, you walk a hundred yards and then they give you a prize and then you walk another hundred <laughs> yards, you get another prize. Right. Um, but I loved every step of the marathon was, was awesome. I mean, running across the bridge, seeing the skyline, you, you could just, uh, you could, see so much of the city and going through all the neighborhoods I um for me it was I had run the Rochester Marathon six weeks before and I I did it as a um, a fundraiser for a charity called uh, Action for Healthy Kids mm-hmm. and um, I just decided it was going to be sort of my ticker tape you know parade uh, cap off the year and I was just going to take it easy and run four hours and sort of enjoy the city and it was awesome going through all the neighborhoods, seeing seeing the, the um, volunteers from each of the neighborhoods coming out and supporting it. The different mm-hmm. bands, um, all everybody from all over the world. I mean, I was running next to a guy from Denmark, and then all of a sudden I'm next to a guy from China and a guy from Italy and a girl from you know Venezuela, and that was very very cool. Yeah, that that's definitely a part of the experience. It's pretty awesome. Now, for you, I'm sure when you were running it, you weren't exactly like taking in the sights and, uh, you know, <laughs> waving at the people and stuff, right? You know, I was trying. I was pretty into it, especially in, in Brooklyn. I, I really loved running through there. Even, you know, everyone kind of talks about running up First Avenue or making the turn onto First Avenue and you just kind of get hit with the crowd there. But, you know, I really enjoyed running through Brooklyn, too. I thought the crowd support through that area was was pretty awesome. Uh, and I ran it. 
I will say I ran it on I can't remember exactly what year what 2011 and the weather was pretty much perfect so I think the crowds were pretty uh pretty solid that year um and that was that was definitely a, a cool experience yeah and it, it was just so much fun even like I I enjoyed the Bronx like you come over and you just mm-hmm. do the one little cross and that school mm-hmm. there is just fully representing right the whole the whole school's out it's it, it was really it was a very cool experience yeah very much yeah very much so so um the but that was the one where I decided okay so I did that now I'm done with road marathons and <laughs> um the caveat was unless I'm going to a cool city uh with cool people that that right. was going to be my caveat and um so that's how I ended up doing Washington DC marathon right. 2 weeks ago right which brings us to something else I noticed um and unfortunately I noticed that after I ran DC but you have um, pre-race meals by race on your blog. I do. I, I, you know, unfortunately that hasn't gotten filled out um, quite as thoroughly as I would have liked. But I do have some pretty good – at one point I'd kind of put a, a call out to um, folks living in different cities where they have major marathons uh, across the U.S. And – and maybe even a little bit into Canada. I can't remember if I have some Canadian places on there too. But um, yeah, to try and I, you know, I always think that's helpful because when I go to a race, you know, if you're going to an unfamiliar city, you know, we've all been in that situation where you're just kind of like, you know, you go through months of training and then you don't want to blow it by having, you know, the wrong thing to eat the night before or eating at some place and having terrible food or something like that. So yeah, try to help out with that. So we had after the DC marathon. So before the DC marathon, we went to um, the day before, not mm-hmm. uh, so the Thursday. We went early for packet pickup on Thursday, and we went to a place called Star and Shamrock, which was awesome. Okay, um, good, it's good a plot. it's a Jewish Irish uh, pub, and um, I would not I would not suggest it for the day before a race. Okay, like, it wouldn't be your last pre race meal because. Um, you could just get carried away in this place, <laughs> but it's, it's Jewish Irish pub and it's just, it's, they have great food. Um, we went on a Thursday, they have free bingo. So you play for drinks. So Excellent. yeah, Excellent. you get a bingo and they're like, okay, you win free drinks. And it was just, and it's a cool environment, nice people, a lot of regulars that are just very friendly. Um, but then afterwards we had Pete's, uh, pizza, which I noticed you have on your Marine Corps marathon list. So we had all the Rochester runners piled into this big uh, vacation rental house, like 10 of us. And we ordered, we ordered this whole mess of pizzas from pizza pizza. You can't, you can't go wrong with pizza after a race. You know, that's, that's definitely a good call. Now, as far as the pre-race, when you said you were out a couple of days before we're, uh, how many beverages, you know, are you, because you know, I know the trail runners have no problem putting away beers, but you know, when you're on the road, some of those roadies are pretty serious. So I'm kind of curious how that, you know, played out for you guys. I'll ask the questions around here. <laughs> <laughs> we were playing bingo for free drinks. What, yeah, yeah. No, it's hard do? to turn down a free drink. Um, it's, it's not easy. And it was Thursday, not Friday. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, the, it was a goal race for some uh, folks, mm-hmm. and uh, so they were going down for Boston qualifiers. I was doing the race as a bridge 
um, to go, to be honest for my Cayuga training. So to make, make January and February good, honest training months. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, there were some, there were some drinks. I happened to win the round of bingo where the prize was a Jameson infusion. Whoa, uh, can't turn that away. (laughs) Yeah, so they had different kinds of infusions. They had an apple cinnamon Jameson, a pear cranberry ginger Jameson, and then a peach habanero. So I went for the peach habanero Jameson. So yeah, and and what's the what's the review? How was it? It was like, have you ever had um like sun tea? You know, where you just put tea bags in water and you let it sit in the Mm -hmm. sun. Mm -hmm. It was like peach sun tea followed up by a nice, like, little bit of a burn of habanero and and surrounded by Jameson. It was like, it was was blissful. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, not something I would recommend for the serious road marathoner. (laughs) However, um, highly recommended for Washington, D.C. Perfect. Um, the one thing I noticed is you have a lot of fish in here too. So you got, you got a blend of like sushi and pizza. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I kind of, (laughs) you know, everyone likes something different before a race. Uh, I was trying to get kind of the most popular choices. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm still kind of not even set on my pre-race meal. You know, I've done, I I don't even know how many races now, probably like hundreds of races over the years. And I still just kind of. You know, if I'm traveling out of town or something and go to my parents and they're like, oh, what do you want the night before a race? I'm just like, I don't don't know. I like, what do I want? I don't know. Um, So. So you're not a guy that just eats like the, you don't just eat the half pound of pasta and sauce. You know, sometimes I do. I I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm not, it's not like my, a big favorite for me, but sometimes I do still do that. I'll do the kind of like pasta, you know, just plain kind of thing, but um, you know, I don't have like a, something I'm like super set on where I'm like, Oh, you know, I have to have that pre-race meal. Mm-hmm. I've never, uh, my stomach's pretty decent during races. Uh, I've never actually really had, I knock on wood here. <laughs> I've never really had stomach, uh, big stomach issues during a race. So, um, you know, I think I'm just lucky in that regard. Mm-hmm. So the, so the, um, explosion at, at Menden was more due to the sickness and not due to a, a stomach thing. That was just, right. you probably shouldn't have been running that hard. Probably with. shouldn't have been running. Yeah. It was like a hundred percent. I had like, I had a fever going into it and stuff and it just like looking back, it was kind of stupid, but you know, I, <laughs> I don't know. There was probably, you know, in retrospect, 0% chance of me like winning or maybe even finishing that race. So I, I don't know, but you know, I'd signed up for it. So I figured what the heck, give the old college try and yeah. You know, it happens. I was probably going to get a DNF at some point sooner or later, and I did get another one um, last year. Or, yeah, last year. So, you know, what the heck, get it out of the way. Yeah, I guess so. I haven't I haven't had one of those yet. I mean, I, nice, nice. Yeah, well, I mean, one might say maybe I haven't challenged myself enough, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't have one yet. Twisted Branch was was uh, a finish. I yeah, mean, if you finish that, you're going to finish anything. It took it <laughs> took you know it it took the whole <laughs> allotted time, but it was a finish. That's awesome. Yeah, that's. I mean, if you can finish that though, you're you're good. And unless you run into you know like a fluke thing, like you try, you know, like I said, like you try and run when you're sick or something stupid like that, and you know, kind of all bets are off then. Yeah. So my, you know, my hope is, like I said, the the bridge to Cayuga training. Mm-hmm. So today was my first 
you know, Cayuga run proper, unless you awesome. want to, unless you want to consider the, you know, um, a marathon, you know, and some people will be like, you just ran a marathon. What do you mean? This is your first <laughs> training run, but you know how that goes. Sure. Sure. It's the first one with like Cayuga in mind. Um, so the, the hope there is to, you know, actually I've never, I've never run it. So last year, um, I went and I, I was crew and I saw, you know, um, Laura Reckerth ran mm-hmm. just over 10 hours. She ran really well, pretty much all day. She had a little bit of a, kind of a, a collapse around 50 K and then a huge rally. And, um, you know, I run a lot with Mike Weldon who, mm-hmm. um, ran, uh, a 942 there a couple years ago as his first um, Cayuga. So I decided, hey, I'm going to set a goal of 930. Okay. And most people won't set goals very publicly like that, but I think your your page of goals here has in, has inspired me, right? Put it cool. out there. Uh, it's You know, I think it's good to put it out there, even if, you know, even if you don't make it, and I certainly haven't made some of mine, but it, it definitely keeps you honest. I mean, it really kind of... I don't know, maybe puts a little pressure on you, but I, I think it's a good thing to do. I don't know. It keeps it keeps it kind of fun and entertaining. So, you know, they always say like your you know, different magazines or books or whatever, you know, sit you have your A goal and your B goal and your C goal. But I think just having something out there is kind of a cool thing to do. Yeah. The the A goal is the nine thirty. The the B goal is to rally from whatever implosion the A goal causes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I totally get that. I you know, I I did that in the year before I ran Cayuga also in 2014 and it was my first 50 miler and uh I kind of had you know I think because I had done well in the first 50k I was just kind of like oh you know this is no big deal or whatever you know you just keep running and you know I I don't think I realized quite how much harder 50 miles was going to be than 50 kilometers. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking back, I think the 50 K was really pretty similar actually to running a marathon, whereas 50 miles is not. And I went out way too fast. And, uh, you know, this, you know, the kind of classic story I went out way too fast, definitely like blew up and, you know, caused myself just way more pain than I probably should have. And, um, ended up, I mean, I ended up running a good time still, but it just, I, you know, I definitely did it the hard way and it wasn't as fast as it could have been. So there were definitely some, some lessons learned, um, that I was able to kind of put into place last year. So, you know, as far as, you know, since you're doing your first Cayuga, I would, I would leave the crappier out with the mistakes and just go straight to the, uh, you know, solid game plan. All right. I, I will, I'll do that. <laughs> I will, I will have 100% success. So <laughs> since I'm talking to somebody here who on their bad Cayuga ran an 827 <laughs> and uh, somebody who ran a sub eight uh, last year, uh, tell me, tell me the, the tricks. What do I do? to uh, go right to success in Cayuga? Okay, that's great questions. Um, For me, you know, the the problems I ran into the first year, because that's kind of, you know, identifying the problems, how do you fix them? Um, One, I went out just, I just went out too fast. I think I ran the first, you know, 20 miles faster than I should have. I think I went through the halfway mark that year. And the course was a little bit different, but I think it was pretty similar. Uh, I think I went through the halfway in um, 2014 and like 3.30 or some, somewhere right around 3.30. It, it was just too fast. Um, and then so the second half took me almost five hours and it was just, 
you know, earned every minute of it. It was, it was pretty, pretty tough. Um, so that was one of the things is that just going out too fast in general. Um, number two, a problem I ran into the first year is that my quads were just like totally blown early on. Um, and you know, I'm not, the Cayuga course is, is tough. There's a lot of like hills and everything, but it, it didn't strike me as a course where you, you know, you're not running down like the mountainside or anything. I just didn't expect to just have my quads shot so early in the race. Um, but they definitely were. So that was another problem I kind of had to address. Um, and those were probably the two biggies. And then the third one was, um, stopping at aid stations. It was actually pretty hot in 2014 and I got dehydrated. I was drinking out of like the rivers at one point and stuff. I just kind of, th- you know, threw in the towel and it was whatever oh. I could find. Um, but the weather is the one thing that is kind of out of your hands. So, um, I can't help you with the weather as far as that goes this year, but you know, just making sure that you're getting in enough calories and fluids and everything like that. Um, so the way I fixed those and did better, uh, was one, I didn't go out as fast. So I think I went through the halfway mark this, uh, this most recent year in something like 340. So it was about 10 minutes slower. Uh, but just really just a much more realistic pace. Um, so I think it was right around 340. So that was one of the things It's just definitely not running as fast at the beginning. Um, just kind of letting the race fall into place. Um, not being like, uh, concerned about staying with certain people or, you know, hitting a certain aid station at a certain time, but just kind of running comfortably. Uh, and, you know, I was hoping that would take me through the halfway mark right around 340 and it, and it worked out well. So yeah, definitely run within yourself. Um, as far as the blown quads thing, I, you know, I added a workout in that I do. I actually just did it yesterday. Um, pretty regularly now. Uh, I wish there was like a mountain around here or something like that to kind of practice running hard downhill on. Um, but there's not so, or at least not that's in like good enough condition to run in in the spring. Cause everything that's, um, at least around the Syracuse area, everything that's kind of like steeper is pretty muddy still. Um, like too muddy to really kind of get, get the type of workout I'm looking for on. So I, fa- I have a road near here I run on that's about like maybe an 8% grade. Um, and it's a little over a quarter mile long. And I just do like hard repeats down down the hill um, just, just to kind of build up that quad strength and get used to running um, downhill hard. And But really just, you know, so later in the race when I'm running down a hill, my, my legs still have something left. So the workout I did yesterday was it was actually just six i did six repeats of just a little over a quarter mile um and i just like lightly jog back up the hill um and then i when i run down them i run it pretty hard so you know i started doing that last year about a year ago and and i think that workout has proved to be pretty effective um so i would definitely make sure you know that you're doing some kind of hard downhill training um i think i think everyone kind of over focuses on, you know, running uphills. Um, but I think that downhill is definitely important too. So that would be, you know, the other, the other thing that I think you can kind of try and, um, practice ahead of time. That'll, that'll definitely help you out. 
Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting that you say like you use uphill as recovery mm-hmm. because it, even then, like you you blasted downhill, you're not gonna you still have to run if you're gonna be if you're gonna run a good time, you you don't get walk breaks for recovery. So recovering on a hill, that's mm-hmm. a you know that's a pretty challenging recovery as well. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely how it works out. And and it's why I, I usually do like a pretty small number of repeats. I think the most I'll do in that workout is like 10. So, I'll, you know, I think when my training was kind of peaking, I'll do like 10, you know, 400, it's basically 400 meter repeats downhill. And, you know, my quads will be sore for like a couple of days from doing that. So I definitely, you know, don't go overboard with it. And uh, yeah, yesterday I only did like five or six. So um, but that's a workout that I think definitely uh, is worthwhile for anyone. You know, just find a hill that you're comfortable on. You know, if you have trails, awesome um, that you can do it on. But if not, uh, you know, I think we all get stuck on the roads at some point. So, uh, yep. you know, it works. They get the job done. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so I just ran the muddy sneaker course this past weekend mm-hmm. and there's a run down you know, there's, there's about six yeah. runs down on that course, but, hmm. um, I ran down to Conklin Gully pretty much as fast as I could. Um, awesome. and you know, there's another two really runnable downhills and Conklin Gully is like the, are you going to put brakes on or not kind right. of run? And, right. um, I, I, my quads are still sore today from <laughs> I <can> that. <laughs> I tried to roll them last night. And I was like, oh, that part? No, not that part. <laughs> but it's, it's good that you say that. Cause that's, that's, um, one of my things is definitely looking at adding in a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. Um, now did you find the stairs to be any kind of particular challenge other than just a mental challenge? You know, I think going down them is hard for me. <laughs> uh, I was, you know, they're um, they're they're kind of wet a lot of them and stuff too. They're pretty slippery, so I think I was just kind of the first year I did Cayuga, uh, I fell like, you know, this was like another rookie kind of trail running thing, but I fell like five or six times, and like two or three of them were pretty hard falls. So I think I was kind of a little gun shy um, <laughs> going in going in well pretty much to all my trail races since then um just because i got sick of falling on my face um (laughs) so um it's believe it or not it got old um so yeah i think i was i was a little worried going down the stairs um but i didn't fall a single time last year and you know maybe just slowing down a tiny bit going down the stairs but you know as far as the uphill i kind of liked them i think they um you know, you can only go up them so fast. So kind of no matter what you're doing, you know, you can only, you know, you have to kind of be practical. They're pretty steep at points. So um, as far as the area over in like by Buttermilk Falls, which comes in around like mile 12 and a half. And 37. Then again, like 37 and a half. Yeah. Those stairs are a little bit trickier because they're not even really like stairs. They're more like pieces of concrete jutting out of the ground so, yeah and they're all uneven and yeah they're those aren't those definitely aren't stairs <laughs> um that part sticks out in my mind as being quite a bit more challenging but you know the part that are like literally stairs which there's certainly plenty of too i i think those are pretty manageable um but but the part that of just like the the concrete sticking out of the ground i actually don't have any great advice for that maybe maybe after you do it you can give me some because yeah. uh 
that part's pretty treacherous, honestly. So. Yeah, I, I can tell you how to go up them really slowly. That's... <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And the um, whole area, you know, the whole course, um, anything that's on the stones at, at Cayuga is pretty slick in general. I know there's the infamous video of of Ben nephew kind of taking a header on it and bouncing back up, but I think I think a lot of us were kind of there at one point or another. He just was lucky enough to get caught on film doing it, but. Um, you yeah. know, I think a lot of people were kind of slipping and sliding. Yeah. Lucky enough to show that, uh, he, he is in fact the thing from fantastic. Four. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all assumed he was, you know, exactly. Made of got rock. video confirmation. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to switch it up a little bit. And, uh, um, we met just recently at, mm -hmm. um, Badgero. Um, so right. before we jump into this Badgero crazy new race, um, what was your? What would you say was your highlight of 2015? Was it Cayuga, or was there something else that sticks in your mind? Cayuga was definitely yeah. If I, I'll give you two. Cayuga was one of them for sure, um, and it was just because you know going into it, I really kind of wanted to break eight hours, and I I thought I would be pretty darn close to it one way or the other, and 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 it worked out. Um, but I actually, the reason I think Cayuga falls into that category is I was probably on pace to, to, to end up a few minutes over eight hours. And after I made like the last river crossing, and I think you have about like seven miles to the finish, um, I kind of realized that I could, you know, just start to pick it up slowly but surely. And then I thought I could get it under eight hours at that point, just kind of rallying late. And and I did. I actually ran the last four miles, I think, really, really well. Probably like some of my best racing of the year. So um, that definitely put Cayuga kind of as a highlight for the year. And then the other one, I'll um, plug one of the Massachusetts races. There's There was a new race called the Free to Run 50 Miler, um, which was in Pittsfield State Forest, which... Um, is is in that Berkshires area. And I was kind of drawn to it. I, I knew the RDs because I'd done some of the other races that they'd done. And they said this thing was going to be like super, super challenging. And, you know, I had run Virgil Crest once before. And I was just kind of thinking to myself like, oh, well, it won't be harder than Virgil Crest. Or like, it couldn't be harder than Virgil Crest. And um, it was actually quite a bit harder than Virgil Crest. <laughs> So I was, I, I definitely ate my words on that. I think, you know, it was 50 miles. I think there was something like 13,000 feet of elevation and, and the terrain was like pretty, you know, it had everything. It had like your Northeast, like roots and like mud and rocks and log, a lot of logs to jump over and just like a little of everything. And it was, it was a bruising course. I mean, it was really, uh, really challenging. So um, I did manage to survive that, and that was probably one of my other highlights of the year. So you're you're free to run as long as as long as yeah, you exactly. Can. Until yeah, they had um, you know, it was a small race because it was it was new, and I think um, maybe because it was so challenging, I think some people kind of shied away from it, which probably wasn't even a bad idea at that point. And I've I've spoken to the RDs, and I think they said maybe they were going to kind of make it a little bit easier this year. Um, so we'll have to see what they come up with, but it is like, it, it was a very beautiful Corso. Like, it, um, that area in Western Massachusetts, it's yeah. fantastic to run through there. It's, you know, anyone who's been on like the a Appalachian trail at all, it's kind of similar to that. It's, it's pretty awesome trail. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're up for a challenge, if you like Virgil, then, you know, go for it. Um, 
since you know Virgil's not with us anymore, I guess, or or at least the long one there isn't anymore. But you know, moment of silence, please. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that would be you know for northeasterners, you want to you want to challenge head over to to Pittsfield. I think it was in September that one. So I I thought we were gonna jump, um, but I then I realized that you ran and won the uh, Vegan Power 50k last year. I did. Um, and there's a few people uh, in Rochester that are going to that this year. So mm-hmm. um, maybe if you kind of give your um, you know uh, quick little synopsis of it, maybe we can drive a few more people that haven't chose uh, Cayuga 50 miler to to go to this one as well. I will, yeah. And actually, that was those same race directors. That was they. They were the ones that put on that other race that I was just talking about. But um, yeah, Vegan Power is pretty awesome. I was. Uh, that's also in that Pittsfield area. It's actually in the same park, but it's on flat trails. I, I honestly can't believe it's the same park because, like, <laughs> the one was like you know rugged, rugged terrain, and then the Vegan Power is on kind of like these nice, um, smooth trails. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was actually kind of surprised because when I saw the vegan power elevation profile, I'm like, well, you know, this is this is pretty, pretty tame for a trail ultra. Um, but I was surprised that the times from the previous year were, were pretty modest for a course that had that elevation profile. And, and the reason I say that is because the, the guy who had won the previous year um, is, is a very fast, like road marathon, or I think he rode marathons in like the two twenties or something. So, you know, when you see someone who's running like a two twenty road marathon, and then you see like a four hour and 15 minute 50 K I'm like, Oh, that doesn't really compute, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but my experience of the race kind of explained why. And it's because the race has like lots of switchbacks, not not going up hills, but just like switchbacks on like flat areas, which made it so it was like really difficult to kind of keep your speed up or keep any kind of like steady running rhythm. Um, so, you know, a lot of stop and go, a lot of acceleration and, and slowing down. And um, that definitely was the challenge of that one. Plus, oh, that, was, that's interesting. Cause yeah, it, uh, I've actually never done anything else like that in my life. Um, so it was uh, it was definitely a unique experience in that regard. You know, not really hilly. The trails were super smooth. Um, the aid stations were awesome. Everything about it was awesome. It was just it was just really slowed you down. Just the um, the sharp turns and and kind of back forth back forth it yeah. de- definitely slowed you down more than you'd think yeah it comes to mind like in the f1 races where they got to keep dropping in the mm-hmm. low gears to make the turn exactly and, and yeah. maybe somebody that just figured out how to go a little bit slower wouldn't have to keep changing gears you know i, I think you're right you know i think i would definitely um tweak my strategy for that I, i'm kind of planning on going back to that this year um oh, cool so yeah, I th- I'll probably kind of tweak my strategy a little bit for it because I think I, uh, <laughs> I think I was running some of those those turns and those um, sharp turns a little too hard uh, at the beginning, and I just don't think it really got me anywhere. So and that's two weeks after Cayuga, is it? Yeah. So last year it was three weeks after, which made it manageable. Um, two weeks is kind of a little tricky, uh, at least for me. I know everyone kind of recovers differently, so. Um, Last year I went through this, I, I, I ran Cayuga and then three weeks later I ran Vegan Power and then two weeks after that I tried to run Finger Lakes and it, it was just like too much. Um, 
So I know like that two week gap can be a little tricky. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for folks who want to do Cayuga and vegan power, I think it's probably doable, but it won't feel good. I'm guessing. <laughs> um, so, but, I, but I, I'm kind of, you know, tentatively thinking about doing both, uh, again this year. Well, at least at the vegan power, you'll have a, you'll have a lot of delicious snacks to, uh, exactly. to, to oh, placate man, they, your wounds. Yeah. There was like a smoothie. They were making smoothies there and stuff. It was, it was pretty awesome. Um, pizza, also pizza, you know, always a, a good thing. So yeah. I think, I think that's actually, I, I don't know if, um, for people who like to camp at races too, I think they have an awesome setup for camping there from what I hear. Oh, very cool. I, I do. I, I camped for twisted branch and I really enjoyed that. And I'm going to cool. start looking for more of that in the future. I think mm-hmm. I like the idea of going somewhere and then, uh, being at a faraway race, but not traveling the day before, you know? Right. For sure. Yeah. So, um, I was, as I was trying to get to, but you got so many cool things on your history here to talk about. Um, we met at this interesting, uh, new race called Badgero, uh, Mm -hmm. last man standing, which is, um, one of trail methods, uh, here in Rochester's first new races. And the idea is, uh, you start running laps and every lap you have less time to finish the pre than the previous lap. Um, it's a very interesting idea. Uh, what made you pick it? Was it just because it was an interesting idea and you hadn't seen it or what got you interested in that? Sure. Uh, you know, two things. One was, um, I have another race coming up in a couple of weeks. So it kind of fit in to that spot as like a really good training run leading up to that race. So that was one of the reasons. And two was the design of the race kind of that like, um, timed loop format. I'd heard about one, another race that had a similar type format on, on a, I can't remember which running podcast it was. Um, I, I, I don't recall, but I think maybe the race was down, I don't know, like in Tennessee or something like that. And it just sounded like so cool that, uh, that format of kind of like, you know, the clock ticking and, you know, getting faster each loop and, um, it definitely drew me in. I was kind of tempted to, you know, it was tough to say no to it, honestly. And also the weather, you know, we've had a, it probably wouldn't seem like it if you're not from around here, but it's, it's been like a really mild winter. And I thought it would be kind of cool to hit the the trails that early in the year, honestly. So that worked out really well too. Uh-huh. And um, you literally ran circles around the, around the competition there. Um <laughs> And, and understandably so, I mean, you came in sort of ready, ready to go for this, but is this, um, is that type of format something that you think, um, would interest, you know, competitive trail runners like yourself that, that are used to running really fast fifties, really fast hundred Ks? I think so. Actually I do, you know, it's kind of cool. It definitely brings in like kind of a strategic element to it too. Um, so I think it makes it so you could definitely have a scenario where, you know, the quote unquote fastest person does not win. I think, you know, somebody who maybe has a better race plan going into it could, could pull that one out for sure. Um, that was, that was cool. I mean, that was definitely like, a like I, I came away from that with like a really good experience. I would definitely do that again. Um, it was, it was very cool. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the, the, I had run a, 
um, 20 miles that day and just sort of showed up at the race as it mm-hmm. was like about an hour in. And I, I, I wanted to make sure I got 20 miles in cause it was my last weekend before mm-hmm. DC. And I was like, uh, I don't think I'll get 20 in running Badgero and, uh, I, I don't want to have to do, I, I really dislike post-race miles. Sure. So. I don't agree. <laughs> Yeah, in um, fact, I, I ended up in the same scenario. I wanted to do 30 miles that day, and I ended up cutting it back to 26 for the same reason that I just don't like post-race miles either. But So you made a good decision then. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I missed out on something, but I still got to hang out, and I got to see, I think, like the last six laps or so. And Exactly. You know, that's when it gets really interesting. I love you'd get people racing. You know, some hey. people like you would finish. You seem to always time yourself with about 30 seconds uh, recovery, you know, before yeah. them, um, in the later miles, right. but some people would just be racing to the line and just cross with one second to go. And then the next mile would instantly start, you know? Right. Yeah. So, it was definitely exciting. I mean, it would, you know, you had it as a, uh, as a spectator for sure. And I'm sure as, as, you know, participants, little anxiety, you know, kind of a di- very different format. Yeah. Uh, so it was cool though. I, I like that a lot. I, I think, uh, I think that'll definitely be um, more popular next year as kind of the word gets out about it because it was it was very you know it was super well run the trails were awesome so yeah cool uh, little cool little winner prize right I yeah that was neat sure the yeah magnetic hourglass that was awesome actually it was really uh really easy to get to and everything I mean yeah it was, it was yeah perfect race no complaints. Yeah, it was fun. And so that's when we actually got to chat for a few minutes other than yep. this. So that was that was also fortuitous. Yeah, very cool. Um and so now it brings us to twenty sixteen. Um what are you looking forward to this year? What is like what what are you most optimistic about? I know in your, your list of goals you got some cool stuff, but is there something that you're just gung ho about? I I am kinda. <laughs> um I'm doing. I'm actually in a in two weeks or less than two weeks now. I'm heading out to Utah and I'm doing my first hundred miler in Zion um, on April. I think it's April eighth. You uh, think it's April? 8th. So I know. I need to check that. You, know, <laughs> you should have that locked in. Yeah, yeah. That would be a shame to show up. You know, it's it's funny. It's actually a Friday start. In I guess in Utah they start um, a lot of ultras or hundred milers on on Fridays. So. Um, I, yeah, it would be a shame to show up Saturday morning and realize I, I missed it, but, um, yeah, so that, that's kind of a, um, that's kind of like my focus right now. So, uh, first hundred miler, so that's kind of scary, I guess. Um, and also kind of, it's, it's hot there, uh, right now. So that's definitely a concern of mine. Um, I know a few Northeast runners that went out there, the last couple of years and, um, they, they struggled with the heat a lot. So, um, I think, you know, we, cause we're coming off our winter here and, you know, it's, it's pretty cold in the Northeast generally through the winter. And so, you know, I think suddenly walking into, uh, you know, 70, 80 degrees, it, it's, it's tough, you know, it's definitely tough. So, um, that's one of my concerns going into it, but overall I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be pretty cool. So I'm actually running with, I have a, um, a buddy of mine who lives in Colorado who I ran high school cross country with. And I, I literally have not seen him in 20 years, but he's going to pace me for, for the, some of the second half of the race. So I'm pretty, pretty psyched about that. He's, 
he's uh, an awesome athlete. He does like the um, world's toughest uh, mutter and those those races. And he's you know he'll probably kick my ass out there. So um, he'll be a, a good person to be pacing with. So uh, that that should be pretty cool. I'm I'm looking forward to that for sure. But you know beyond that, I think um, I'm gonna kind of see how how I recover after that since I've never done a hundred before. I don't know. You know, if maybe I'll just call it a year or something. Who knows? But, <laughs> well, the, um, the second goal on your list says finish top ten at Cayuga. So yeah, right, right. So yeah, so I mean, I definitely uh, I've got Cayuga on my mind still. Um, there's there's a if I if I have a miraculously fast recovery from Zion, I would like to do uh, mind the ducks. Um, so we'll see. I definitely want to do a, uh, you know, like a six hour, an eight hour, a 12 hour or something like that. I would like to do one of those this year. Um, cause I, I kind of like that format. I think it's a format that jives pretty well with me. Um, so, um, Dan Ward, the guy that mm-hmm. you ran uh badger with right. finished second or third. Um, mm-hmm. he won mind the ducks last year Okay, in 95 degree heat. I think he did 64 five miles i want to say okay yeah so yeah know, i remember it was it was extremely hot it was, right? it was ridiculously hot <laughs> i ran 10 loops out there and i stopped in the shade and i was like i'm i'm uh, no not for me <laughs> you know like it's just it was it was for some reason it just that day was yeah. crazy hot bad luck so um but the, so the hundred miler um this is your first one mm-hmm. now um, in each of your, you know, in most of the races we're talking about, you're running competitively. Mm-hmm. Have you like put off running a hundred mile race until you knew that you could do well at it? Or did you just decide to jump in at this one right now? You know, I kind of decided to jump in. I, you know, I'm not even, con- I'm not entirely confident. I'm like there yet. Um, you know, I've always kind of taken for, for this one, I took a pretty conservative approach with my training. I wanted to make sure that I got to the starting line healthy so I didn't like overdo it in terms of mileage or even like uh, speed workouts, things like that. I, I kept it pretty I kept it pretty similar to things I've done in the past that I know I can kind of get away with without um, without you know getting an injury or something like that. So you know I thought for the first one I would kind of do that, uh, show up healthy, just kind of try and run well and and finish you know, finish. Um, I kind of have some other goals in mind, but, you know, ultimately I think I'm looking to finish. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm probably, I don't know if I would say I'm rushing into it, but, you know, I've only done one race ever before over 50 miles. So I don't know, it might be a little bit of a, of a push, but I also kind of feel, um, you know, I don't know why the heck not <laughs> so yeah so it goes and and plus of, you're going out to zion i mean yeah exactly exactly yeah it seemed like a cool one i kind of um you know i i did want to get um something where i could start throwing my name into the western states lottery kind of like it seems like every other trail runner across america so <laughs> um you know I, I would ideally i'd like it to take about five tries for me to get into Western. Um, so this is kind of like the first step in that. So, yeah. Um, we'll see because I'd kind of like that to be maybe, you know, like my 
my fifth hundred mile or something like that. So, you know, this is kind of the first step in that, um, in that process. Yeah. You hear so many people, they ran 100 miler and they got in on their first try. And, right. Right. You know, I, you know like, I, I, I would be, I'd be kind of bummed if that happened. I think, I think then, you know, cause I kind of feel like Western it's, it's a little bit like Boston or the New York marathon or something. I, you know, I feel a little bit like it's a one shot deal and uh, you know, I'd kind of want to be right, you know, do at my best for it, ready for it. So um, hopefully, you know, maybe, maybe three years, four years, five years, something like that. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, mind the ducks would be cool if, if I'm up for it, if not, um, Cayuga trails, definitely. Uh, I've actually got some other friends from high school coming up for that one. I, I grew up in, um, Connecticut. So they're taking the trip up for, for that one. And, um, for one of the guys, it's going to be his first, uh, first ultra. So that's super cool. Yeah, um, definitely. So that'll be fun. And, you know, after that, I'm pretty, I'm pretty wide open. I really don't have a plan after, uh, after Cayuga. The other races that are kind of on my radar are, uh, Twisted Branch is kind of on my radar. Um, you know, I know a few people that have run that before. So. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, I, I think, you know, some people I've, you know, I've actually, I've listened to your podcast on that one a couple of times, kind of get some, <laughs> get the details on it. I'm trying to like visualize it with what I know of the course map and, um, we'll see that that's definitely a possibility. Uh, I think gr- that green lakes race I've done in the last two years, I did the 50 K actually I've done it three years in a row. I did the 50 K a couple times and I did the hundred K. Uh, I, I would have to pick that or twisted branch. I think there's even a third race that weekend I was looking at. So, um, August is kind of becoming a popular month around here. Uh, so that's, that's tricky, but, uh, um, and then there's September, I think, um, Ian Golden um, mm-hmm. has um, Red Newt Race and has uh, Bears Resurrection, right? Which is yes, know, a nice I, nice recovery run after Twisted. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, you know I've been looking over Ian's races. He definitely uh, you know he puts on awesome races. So I've uh, I'm sure I will get to at least one other of uh, his races besides Cayuga next year for sure. But you know last year I had done uh, I did the the Green Lakes um, 100K, mm-hmm. and then I came back after that one three weeks later and did the that free to run 50 miler. And I, like once again, I would say that like three weeks is probably like right at the, you know, kind of where you know you feel like maybe I'm just not ready to run another ultra yet. And like yeah, I can probably you know tough it out. But I'd kind of like to space space things out maybe a little bit more, get a fourth or fifth week in between. So. Yeah. Um, and you could, you could kind you know, of, I don't know stay. why these races don't schedule around my schedule. So. <laughs> well, you know, if they took us all into consideration, yeah, right, exactly. they'd get us all at their races. <laughs> exactly. Um, but the, the, again, it's the abundance of choices that we have mm-hmm. around here. It makes it, sure. you know, you could change your calendar every year. It makes it almost hard to go back to a race, you I know. know, unless you have like a deep love for it or you have like a, an ax to grind right. or, you know, <laughs> right. there, there's a plenty of reasons to go one and done with races. Cause we have so many great races around here. Yeah, it's definitely true. It's definitely true. That's pretty much it though. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of considering a road marathon too, like later in the fall, kind of as the, uh, 
the finale or something. Maybe not a finale, but uh, <laughs> there's a uh, there's a local one here right in Syracuse that actually has a really fast course, so that might be worth a uh, worth a go. I'm not sure if I'll be up for you know changing gears and being the heck out of my legs on the roads, but I'm I'm definitely considering that too. Well, after Twisted Branch, you could take six <laughs> six weeks and run uh, Water Gap, Ian's, Ian's 50. I know. Water Gap is definitely on my radar for sure. That looked pretty cool last year. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in it this year too, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think, I think Weldon did it last year, right? Yeah. Weldon did it and spotted the field 30 minutes. Yep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that seemed, you know, that definitely looked like a cool race. So uh, we'll see that that's uh that's my kind of course too. Kind of a nice, smooth, uh, smooth yeah, sailing. It, it doesn't sound like that's your kind of course at all. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what we actually do and what we actually want are two different things sometimes. So you know what? That's very profound. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, sir. Well, um, any any uh, last remarks? Anything you want to? make sure we bring up or anything like that. So, you know, um, the only other thing, and I, I have some of this up on my blog, but I'm a total shoe junkie. So I have no, um, you know, loyalty or anything like that to any, uh, any companies out there, but I, I just love, um, shoes. I think it's kind of like an unhealthy obsession I have where I just love trying out different trail shoes in particular. So if anyone ever needs shoe advice, drop me a message and, I will get back to you because I've, if it's out there, I've probably tried it. Um, awesome. So. We will, we'll have a links to, to all of these things we've been talking about at your blog, which awesome. Uh, we, we must end. Uh, I, I have to understand the, the name, the reasoning behind your blog <laughs> must love jogs. Are must you, are jogs. you a sucker for rom-coms? Or... <laughs> I am actually, <laughs> I totally am. And, and you know, the next time that I run into you in person, I am not going to forgive you for just pointing that out. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully no, hopefully nobody makes it all the way to the end of the podcast. And <laughs> but yes, I am. That is my, uh, yep. Shoes and shoes and romantic comedies. I can't stay away. Oh my god, Jason Mintz, everybody, Jason Mintz. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, as you can hear, Jason has run in, won, and dropped out of some of the coolest races in the area, including Cayuga Trails 50, Green Lakes Ultra, and Menden 50K. Importantly, he has approached each as an experience, run each with a smile, and left each with lessons and good memories. Also pretty cool is that he is quick to share those memories or chat about those lessons with you over a beer at the end of a race. So, join me in wishing Jason well at his first 100 miler on April 8th, mere days after this podcast is released. I'm actually really excited to hear how it goes for him. 100 miles out west. Man, gotta be pretty cool. All right, and now time for some announcements. Uh, the winner of our Mess the Dress free entry contest. By the way, Mess the Dress is the fashionable, fun five-miler in Black Creek Park on April 9th, brought to you by Trails Rock, is Shayna Feisner. Shayna will be running the race with the whole Feisner clan. Uh, even if Rob Feisner, her husband, wins the race again, and her kids finish before her for the first time, she will have one thing to hold over their muddied heads, 
she got in for free. That's right, free. Good job, Shayna. After running the race and frolicking with some of Rochester's most fashionable trail runners, furbished in their finest formal frocks, Shayna will be on the show to tell us all about her running and her experience at Master Dress. Huzzah! And lastly but not leastly, we have another run of small business sponsorship. Josh Stratton, LMT, licensed massage therapist, said that if March went well, he'd have another discount code for April. And so, here we are. Use the code MACEWINDU when reserving an hour massage, and you'll get 15 bucks off that hour. That means 60 minutes for 50 bucks. Josh is located inside Winton Place in Sports PT, and he does all the massage types. The deep down to your bones massage, he does the Swedish massage, he does the restorative, um, all sorts of different kinds. That's his deal. The first time I went to Josh, I went because I had some super tight psoas muscles. For those that don't know, uh, that's the muscle that attaches your hip to your spine. Needless to say, it's deep in there. And once you find it, it's easy to wiggle right off of. Um, I haven't found too many massage therapists that can uh, find and stay on mine. It's sort of different on everybody. So, Josh and I worked together to really find mine, and now it's pretty routine. He's uh, receptive to and even appreciative of feedback, and he likes working with runners to develop a relationship. So, what are you waiting for? Check out his contact info on his Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash LMT, and get scheduled. Remember to use the offer code MACEWINDU to get 15 bucks off an hour. 60 minutes. 50 bucks. Uh, This info will also be in the show notes too in case you forget. And now we're all wrapped up. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, thank you for telling your friends about the show. It's been uh, getting a lot of buzz lately and so that means it's because you're telling cool stories and you're talking about it. So thank you so much. Most importantly, get out there and create more stories. Be thankful for what you've been given. Be proud of what you've achieved and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.